0: So get ready, it's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey everyone, it's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As always, I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode first. And I say this on every episode, if you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. We've got some great episodes coming up. And also we have some that have already released. So go and check those out too. And secondly, you all know that I recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. Well, thank you to those who reached out asking for other swag. We've launched some new pieces. So go check all of that out. There is a link in the show notes. Get your swag and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. And to those who have sent me photos wearing your Move the Ball merch, really appreciate you rocking it out. And I'll continue to share those and post online because together we move the ball. All right. For today's episode, I've got a special guest with us. Growing up in Chicago, I always enjoy having former Chicago Bears on the show. Inside the huddle today, and ready to talk about his experience and share what he does to move the ball is the former Chicago's running back, Adrian Peterson. AP, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Well, I saw you last week when you were actually up here in Chicago, so that was a neat treat to learn that you were in town and be able to connect. You have a gym here with Alex Brown and Jason McKee, so glad to see you there and Jason as well. And I'm definitely excited to chat with you. So let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. So. AP is a retired NFL running back who was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the sixth round of the 2002 NFL Draft, and he played for the Bears for eight seasons, and then he went on to play for Bristol with the Virginia Destroyers in the UFL. AP played college football at Georgia Southern University, where he set numerous school, conference, and division 1AA records. We'll talk about those during the show. He also won two 1AA National Championships, and he received the Walter Payton Award, for the most outstanding player. Again, we'll talk about that as well on today's show and more. All right, AP, are you ready to move the ball?
1: Yes, I am. Let's go.
0: All right. So let's run it way, way back. First, you're from Gainesville. You're from Florida. A lot of football talent in Florida. You did a lot of running in high school too, as well as in college. And so I know you, you also ran track. You've been a competitive athlete your entire life. When you look at The things that you've learned as a competitive athlete and the techniques, the habits, the things that you put into practice to be able to excel, what were some of those things that you feel that you were doing early on in your career in high school to really move the ball, excel, and stand out?
1: Well, growing up in Alotua, Florida, it's a very small town, population. When I was there, probably about 7,000, 8,000 people. So I'm a young kid playing multiple sports, football and basketball, and just learning how to compete. Of course, your ultimate goal is winning, but it's also learning how to compete.
0: Absolutely. As you know, I have a book called Move the Ball that really kicked off this whole move the ball movement. And I write about different principles that I took away from the game of football that I think are necessary to be successful in business, in life, in your career, and whatever it is that you want to do. When you look at football specifically, what were some of the lessons that you've taken away from the game? that you think have helped you to excel not only in the sport, but also beyond?
1: Oh man, overcoming adversity, being a part of the team sport. I think football is the ultimate team sport. To give you a couple of examples, as a running back myself, I cannot run for any yards if the offensive line doesn't block. You can be an amazing quarterback with an amazing pre-snap ability, but if your receiver drops every pass, you're no good. So you need everybody on that field, on that team. You're going to be an amazing offense. But if your defense gives up multiple touchdowns, the special team give up touchdowns, typically you're not going to win. And every team I've been a part of that had a lot of success had great balance. And even in life, that's what you need to have to be successful.
0: Completely agree. It takes a team to move the ball and everybody has their role and they have to play their position, whether you're on a football field or you're in a corporate job or in a football program like you're at now. I mean, everybody's got what they're supposed to be doing to contribute to the team and to that team's success. I agree. So I want to come back to you playing football at Georgia Southern, but a couple months ago, we had the NFL draft and a number of young men who were part of the draft class ended up hearing their names called or are now living out their dream. They've gone through rookie mini camps and they're doing OTAs and they're getting ready to go to training camp later this season. You've been through that process yourself. I mentioned when I read your bio, you were drafted in the sixth round. Can you walk us through kind of what that was like for you and then as you transitioned into rookie minicamp and going into training camp that first season?
1: It was another step, I guess another milestone, but also another unknown, uncertainty. But making that transition, again, it was just going back, ground grounded roots, and that was hard work. Being a six-round draft pick, you still have to, quote unquote, make the team. And it was a great opportunity and everywhere I was put, every thing I was asked to do, I performed at a high level and did that with a lot of consistency. As a motivator and even now with my college student athletes, that's one thing I preach is being consistent and performing on a high level.
0: Absolutely. You you have to consistently perform. I have, as you know, I have a lot of guys that are currently playing on the league on the show. I have former players like yourself on the show. And a common theme they talk about is that consistency because at the NFL level, everybody is good. But what really keeps you there, as you know, it's hard to get into the NFL, but it's harder to stay in the NFL. And so that consistency is such a huge part of being successful and extending your time in the league. So when you found out that you were going to get drafted, I feel like social media today does a lot of things. One, the speed of information is like lightning fast, right? And, but it also shows people more of an insight into the world of the NFL as a business versus before social media where you see the draft parties and people just think, Oh, being a professional football player, a professional athlete, you're living the life. There's a lot of hard work that goes into being a pro athlete. I mean, you find out you're getting drafted. It's right to work. It's not, let me party it up. Let me see what I can buy and spend all this money. It's about, okay, now I'm changing into being a professional athlete. I'm on a plane. I'm going to whatever team's facilities, and it's time to get to work. What was that like for you, that transition? And share with us kind of that process, because I don't think a lot of people really understand how much work it is to be a pro athlete.
1: Yes. So I guess even leading up to the NFL draft, I was able to play in the senior bowl. So that preparation, preparing for the, season, the week of practices, learning an offense within about four days of practice is a lot of information. But you know, it's part of it's part of learning and process the information being processed in the game. And also, I'm training. I would say two and a half months getting ready for the biggest interview of your life, which is the you NFL know, combine. And you know, just understanding that everybody there. Is here for an opportunity and then moving forward on draft day. For myself, it was an emotional roller coaster. I was slated anywhere from third to fourth. Those rounds came and went. Started the fifth round, came. I actually took a nap because I was just emotionally drained. The beginning of the end of the fifth round, I woke up, had my cell phone rung, and it was head coach Dick Duron. And as he was saying, We're going to select you with the next pick. Before he could finish the sentence, I saw my name flash across the bottom of the screen. And it was a great feeling that every decision I made to put myself in position was about to happen. Every extra step I went, whether it was a high school student who spent a month out of the summer in the upper Mountain program, which is a continuing education program, government funded program, just to get ahead and get some extra knowledge. So when I got back to high school. I was ahead of things. Then. Fast forward, after being drafted a couple of weeks later, flying up to Chicago, which is a lot different than Alaska, Florida, and certainly Statesboro, Georgia. And just being excited as, again, a lot of unknowns, but I'm ready to go to work.
0: And how was it? I mean, Chicago is a huge city compared to where you grew up. Was that like cultural, just coming to the big Big major metropolis, and obviously it's a little bit different environment here. You're coming in the summertime, so it's not cold yet. But what was that switch for you like?
1: It was different. We came up for Rick mini camp, and you know I left Statesboro, Georgia. And I think it was probably eighty-five, ninety. And when I landed in Chicago, I think it might have been still in the fifties. And growing up in Florida, when it gets below sixty, it's considered cold. But understanding have a job to do, and I was just extremely excited about the the opportunity.
0: As I mentioned, the NFL is a business, as you know. Were there some things that you wish, looking back now, that you wish you had learned your rookie year, just to help you prepare for that transition of playing in the NFL?
1: I mean, I was fortunate. I have an older brother, Mike Peterson, who played in the NFL, so I saw him make that transition, and even getting ahead of the conversation, but Even now, as a motivational speaker, that's the reason I go back and give those speeches. Because I I was fortunate growing up with a a tremendous support system, being able to see Mike make that transition to high school, to college, to University of Florida, then also making that transition as a second-round draft pick to the Indianapolis Colts. So I kind of had a lightly shaded blueprint. So I was able to kind of just follow his footsteps and not try to make too many tweaks to it.
0: And is there anything Mike said specifically to you as you were getting ready to go to the Bears that you're glad that he shared with you before you entered your first season?
1: Yeah, man. Be yourself. You know your values, what you stand on, and you're a Peterson. You know, we take tremendous pride in our last name.
0: Oh, that's great. And so when you look back upon your entire, as I mentioned, eight seasons in the NFL, what were some of your most memorable experiences being a Chicago Bear?
1: Scored my first NFL touchdown. It was against the Jets my rookie year, and again it was kind of my first introduction to I made it. You know, even though I was drafted as a running back, your goal and dream as always was to score enough for a touchdown, and doing that was an amazing feeling. That 2006 season when we was able to make it to the Super Bowl, and again as a kid can remember, mom and dad having Super Bowl parties, and you know I'm I'm the last one grabbing a plate and you run in the, in the living room and kind of slide on the floor just to find one empty spot on the floor and watching the, the opening kickoff and kind of understanding that somewhere in the world, a young kid is probably going to be doing the same thing and dreams come true along with hard work and hard work pays.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It does. When you put in the work and you trust the process and you know you do what you do, what you need to do every single day, the results will come. And you had some great teammates throughout your time with the Bears. Jason, Alex Brown, Des Clark. Des was on the show. As you know, Major Wright was on another great Bear that has a lot of positive energy. Devin, Aroma Shodu. So had some great guys on the show here over the last couple of seasons. And so when you look at the teammates that you got to play with, I mean, who you have on your team is important. We know that when you come to an organization, when you're drafted by an organization, you don't get to choose your teammates, right? Like they're there, and it's about integrating, working well with the team. What are some of the things that you appreciate about your teammates? Man,
1: all of us hung together, but we all have joked a lot. And most of us had kids around about the same age. So it seemed like every year we would just be sharing gifts because it would be somebody's birthday this month, then somebody else's birthday this month, then one of my kids would have a party. It was an amazing environment. A lot of us hung out outside of work. And when you do that, it kind of shows a little bit more than you just teammates.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely strengthens the relationships that you have with the people that you're working with, right? It is a business. And so same thing outside of football, you know, in the corporate life or business life. I mean, if you're building relationships with people as people and not just as business partners and colleagues the relationships are gonna go so much farther and you're just gonna perform at such a higher level. You have that chemistry. Again, whether it's football game or it's some corporate thing, you're just gonna know how to work better together. I agree. So well, something that I think is important is it's all about differentiation from your competition. That's how you succeed in life. Right whether you're a business owner, whether you're on the football field, you've got to show how you are a better performer. A better business owner, a better service provider, whatever, than the competition, and that will help continue your success. So, when you look at the running back position, and football has changed over the years as well. In today's league, what do you think are the important things that running backs need to do well to really secure their spot on a team and separate themselves from other running backs out there? You
1: know what, from the running back spot, is of consistent, and you know when your one-on-one battles. So I'm carrying the ball, and it's me and the linebacker. I have to win the majority of those because in the NFL, that's probably the best it's going to get when you and, and another defender. And again, that's what I tell my student-athletes here. If you are banking on a hole and you're just running for a touchdown, again, you're not being realistic with yourself. Another thing, we'll be able to protect the quarterback if you're in on third down because typically, the quarterback, if he's not the highest paid, he's probably within the top three highest paid on your team, and that's for a reason. As you look at it, most teams who are consistently in the playoffs in the Super Bowl have a great quarterback play, and a little bit more now with the different offenses now is being able to catch the ball out of the backfield because it's a little bit more spread out. They're putting running backs in the slot, running back a lot more screen games, so. Uh, I think being able to win the one-on-one battles, protect the quarterback, and being able to catch the ball.
0: Gotcha. Now, I mentioned earlier, and you talked about being at Georgia Southern, and that's your alma mater. You came back to, well, you're currently the director of student-athlete development there. I know that that program means a lot to you. You had your jersey number, retired, obviously set a number of school records, a number of conference records at the school and you're one of those people that loves to give back and really make an impact. And so I know that you're loving being in the role that you're in today. Share with us kind of what took you down that path. I know you do some speaking as well and we'll talk about the speaking and the impact you make there. But why did you want to get back to Georgia Southern and really just, you know, make it make a difference from where you kind of grew up and came from in college.
1: I actually being in the Chicago area, Illinois area, we were trying to transition ourselves back south, you know, a little bit closer. Mom and dad and my in-laws and then the head coach at the time, Chad Lunsford, he called me and offered me the position. And it was just an opportunity, again, that I couldn't say no to. And just the role itself, being a former student athlete, while I was at Georgia Southern, we didn't have a person in my role. A person who were a part of the football team, but was not a coach. So, I tell my student athletes, you know, I'm not a coach. So, if you got a situation where you think you should be playing more, you can come to me because I'm a no judgment zone. So, I'm going to give it to your rhythm. If you come to me and ask for my advice, I'm going to give you my advice. Now, you can be happy with it, you can be mad with it. But again, that's my advice. And I do a lot more watching than I do talk. And so, I probably already see what the issue is. And again, I'd just love to be another support system for our team athletes this year.
0: Gotcha. And I mean, it's not just about what they do on the field. It's about what they do academically. It's about setting them up for success beyond the game as well. I mean, you and I have talked about that subject a number of times. It's something that we're both passionate about. And, and so, I mean, I think it's a great position that you have there at the program because at some point football is going to end, whether you go to the NFL or not football will come to an end. And so making sure that these young men have the tools, the resources to set themselves up for success beyond that is so important. And as you know, I mean, the NFL career, the average career across the board is about two and a half years. That number has shrank from even you know five years ago when it was about 3.2 years. So the careers are getting shorter and shorter in the league on average. And so knowing what you're gonna do beyond football is important. Can you share, I mean, some people transition well outside of the league, and some people really struggle with that. Can you share kind of what your transition was like? Was it hard for you? Was it fairly easy? And kind of what did you do right when you were transitioning out?
1: Yeah, so for myself, I'm I'm a guy that always understands that everything in life has expiration dates. You know, I'm, when you went to high school, guess what? You're in high school for four years. When you go to college, some five, some four. So I might be six and they on that extended plan. But at some point, it's going to end. And I knew, you know, making it to the NFL was an amazing accomplishment. But I knew at some point it was going to be over. And just, again, being able to make that transition. So while I was at home, I, I had already started writing a book. And then I ended up finishing that up. So made that transition over into a motivational speaker. Came back to Statesboro and spoke. Had about four or five elementary and middle schools here. Didn't even have any type of social media presence. I was one of those who kind of waited to the end to get onto it, but started my Facebook, and that kind of took off. From five schools now, i probably spoke at at least 350, whether it's high school, elementary, youth groups, or corporate events. So just being active, and then throughout that process, myself, Jason McKee, and Alex Brown. Decided to open up a gym up in the Chicago area, all pro sports performance. I'm just in Lake Bluff actually, and you know, just staying consistent, never getting satisfied where you're at, looking for new opportunities if it presented itself. Do a little research in it and see if it's something you think you can fit on your plate. So, just doing a, a lot giving back to the community.
0: I think that's great. And you mentioned the gym that you and Alex and Jason have. And I know you guys will sponsor kids to come work out and do a lot to make an impact there. So you started your gym in Gurney and then you moved to Lake Bluff. What was that like? So, first of all, whose idea was it to start the gym? Was it yours or Jason's or Alex's? And did you guys just, or did you all kind of just jointly come up with it? And then why did you decide on
1: Gurney? Well, I think it was me and Jason out there. So prior to the gym, we used to do youth camps throughout the Uno area, and then we were just sitting around brainstorming, and then opening up a gym. The reason the granite, most of us live in that area, so it was a easy commute. The research, you know, if we would have picked in the city, then that would have been a tougher commute for us, and we all had other stuff going on. So, you know, being, what, five minutes, 10 minutes away from your place of business is great. You know, whether somebody come in early, come in late, we're just five, ten minutes away.
0: Sure. And when you guys chose to move to Lake Bluff, I mean, nothing goes as planned in business and just whatever we're doing in life. Did you guys run into any hiccups as you were moving the facility to the new location?
1: Yeah. One was, you know, just you're not really reinventing yourself, but just letting everybody know where your location is. And you know what? We're still kind of within that period. I think we're planning on kind of doing a relaunch. We're going to go back and do some of the stuff we did when we first moved into the Gurney location, whether it's having a couple free camps, a um, couple of free adult sessions, just to kind of get the word out and to get the people in the building. So we're still kind of in that stage of trying to figure out a way of rebranding our location.
0: Gotcha. And you guys also do a lot with the Bears with your Jam and you do camps and you do some corporate camps too at Hallis Hall, for example. And I know you guys have done some recently. Tell us a little bit about those.
1: Yeah, so the Bears have these corporate camps. So their corporate partners come out and it varies. Some may bring 30 to 40 employees, some may bring 30 to 40 of the employees' kids. What we do is we set up about six to seven stations. So I may be definitely giving an example. Running back station. So we have run through the cones, quarterback station, throwing through the trash can receiver. It was a great opportunity for us. And we've had now this partnership for about four years and it's going great for us.
0: Oh, I love it. And with your speaking, you're doing so many things to impact people. Do you have a website or let us know your social media presence so people can follow you and Book you as a speaker or reach out and connect and talk about opportunities.
1: Yeah. So from my website, it's just my name, Adrian Peterson, the number three dot com and on Instagram and Twitter is apgsu three. So I will try to stay pretty consistent with those social media handles.
0: We'll be sure to have your website and your social media links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. So what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Go. All right. The first question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: A professional football player.
0: Okay. Well, you achieved that. (laughs) What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Humble, energetic, and positive.
0: I like that one. What is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: I was a pretty good basketball player growing up. What position? Shooting guard.
0: Okay. I played Point. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: i put it on For My City.
0: Okay. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: Not doing any reading right now, but since my kids on summer break, my eight-year-old reads a book every night to me. So we kind of switch the roads.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, my next question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased, who would you choose and why?
1: Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. King would be one, Obama, and Walter Payton.
0: Three great choices. My next question is, do you sing in the shower?
1: Not anymore. I think I used to, but not anymore.
0: <laughs> is that because your wife and kids told you to stop? Probably so. <laughs> oh, and I was going to ask you, since you mentioned Walter Payton, you were the Walter Payton Award winner when you were at Georgia Southern. What was that like for you?
1: It was a huge honor winning that award as a young kid. My first years playing football, I had, had three favorite running bikes, Walter Payton, Walter Payton, and Herschel Walker. All three of those were number 34. So that was my first jersey number when I played football. And just being able to win that award, it was an amazing honor. And then I actually been drafted by the Chicago Bears. So that was a great experience.
0: Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And just so you know, so I'm a 29 baby, so 29 is my favorite jersey number, which you obviously rocked out when you played with the Bears. So always loved seeing you out there wearing my favorite number.
1: Appreciate it.
0: And so as we look to close the show, AP, any last thoughts for our listeners? You
1: know, everywhere I go and speak, I always start my speech with, you can be whatever you want to be. I grew up a small town, a young kid with a speech impediment who worked hard was in speech from age five until I was 23. I took two years speech therapy. And when I was much younger, my work didn't come out as fluent. So whatever you want to be or doing life is going to take hard work, but most definitely it pays off because you're looking at it. Hard work pays off.
0: For sure. And something else you mentioned real briefly about the book that you had written. Please tell us a little bit more before we close the show about what prompted you to want to write the book when you did.
1: So the title of it is Don't Smart Business And it's basically about me growing up with the speech impediment. It kind of started out as a hobby. While I was currently on the Bears. I would write maybe a sentence, a paragraph in between flights, on the flight, put it away. Months later, I looked back and I had like 25 pages written and got with the publishing company, they cleaned it up because I did do a little bit of research about writing a book. And they said, just write. Don't worry about spelling, the commas. Just get your idea on paper. You can always come back and clean that up.
0: Yeah, I mean, writing, it's not a one and done process as someone who has written one book, or actually I've written one book, Move the Ball, and then I was a contributing author to another book that came out in April, The Impact of Influence, Volume 2, and I've got a third book that's going to come out here in October. So. I know that it takes a lot of work, but getting the ideas down is important. And you're always going to be editing and having editors along the way to clean up some of those pieces. So absolutely, the first and foremost, get the ideas on paper.
1: Exactly. And then coming back, you can add the buffer words that I learned about, you know, how to stretch those sentences out a little bit.
0: There you go. Where can people find your book? It's
1: on my website. Again, that is Adrian Peterson, the number three dot com.
0: All right. Perfect. We will have that in the show notes, like I mentioned earlier, so they can check out your book, look at all the great speaking work that you're doing and learn more about all the things that you're doing to move the ball. AP, thanks so much for joining the
1: show today. Thank you for having me. Continue to move the ball.
0: And thanks again to everyone for listening. If you like today's episode, again, hit that subscribe button if you have not yet done so. And also share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Lastly, go check out the Move the Ball merchandise store. I've got a link in the show notes. Get your swag, rock that you're a part of the movement, and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com.